Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Chris Vidadian, and today we have Brandon Neely here, which is a coach at Profit First, as well as Bank on Yourself Professional. Brandon, how are you doing today? Good. I'm glad to be here. I know it's a mouthful to say all that stuff. It's 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 okay. We we kind of uh, validated and nicked it out even before, but it did go smoothly, I think, on my end. So really happy to have you on the show here. And we have so many things to, uh, to unpack in regards to what is infinite banking, cash flow for your business, uh, growth as an entrepreneur, and so on and so forth. But before doing all of that, I give a small introduction of who you are and what do you do. Do you mind unpacking that a bit more in detail for us? Yeah, I am in the financial services industry. I'm a reluctant person in this industry because I did not go into it just because I'm like, oh, I can make a lot of money. I got into it because this concepts, both of the, the profit first and banking yourself concept made a huge difference in my former business. I used to own a coffee shop uh, and I, I sold that coffee shop and it was because of the systems I had in place that I was able to sell the business and not close the business, which is a very different thing. Uh, and what I want to do is just help people, business owners who are starting out or, or you know, been been doing it for a few years, learn some of the mistakes I learned before, you know, so they don't have to take those problems or mistakes uh, and implement strategies that I know work. So um, I love talking about everything, money and cash flow. So that's that's me. And so, my team, Brandon, uh, you kind of alluded to obviously the infinite banking world, which is something that we had spoken about on this podcast before, but one of your colleagues, like uh, you had mentioned before we started recording here, and it is something that I know about slightly, and it is a very intriguing world for entrepreneurs to know. And I still do believe it is something that is not very much mainstream. Not a lot of people know about it, even in the in the professional world. So do you mind really highlighting that, unpacking that for us. What is infinite banking? Is it the same thing as going to a standard bank of like Capital One uh, in the corner of your uh, your boulevard or street? What is the difference between infinite banking and the physical banks that we know and trust? Yeah. Well, first I want to take you back on the story. Uh, when I met my mentor, Mark, um, I knew my biggest risk was me. My biggest liability was me. Right. And also we needed to still save for the future. Right. And when you're a self-employed business owner, you don't have a 401k match. Right. You are the match. Uh, you, you know, when they say, you know, the company demands against you, I'm like, well, I am the man. Uh, how do I overcome that? Right. So we learned about this concept. We did not know. We thought we were doing everything right. We read all the yellow books, you know, building a business for dummies and all that stuff. But we found this concept and we're like, oh man, we need to be saving in this. And, and here's the thing. 
It is not a investment vehicle. It's a place where you put your savings, right? So we knew we needed to have a, uh, some stability in case something happens or build a, a way that I can access cash flow or capital for taking care of business debt or other things. So basically what we did was we implemented these policies, life insurance policies. It's, it is what people love to hate on, whole life insurance, but it's properly designed to where it's low in the death benefit, higher in the cash component and access that you, you can access and use for the stuff of life, right? So I used my policies multiple times from um, and taking care of credit card debt from the business, right? Because when you're a business owner, uh, I don't know if you know this, but when you're starting a small business or you're self-employed, it's really hard to get a loan. You can mm -hmm. get a loan for a student, but you can't get a loan as a business owner. You need a line of credit. So this helps build that. I mean, you you become your line of credit as you put into this. So I used it for that. An emergency, unfortunately, things happen in business and life. Like for me, it was a flood in our business. I had to literally... Uh, the roof was taken off and a freak storm happened and I needed cash immediately to overcome because just because um, a flood happens, they say, well, insurance will cover it. I'm like, yeah, but I got a month or two before that I still need to cover expenses. Uh, so had to use that, use the same money again, thinking like Nelson Nash in, in the bank and yourself or infinite banking concept. He says, don't steal the piece from your own grocery store. You want to, as a business owner, pay yourself back, right? Those kind of things. So I used that system again to buy a down payment on my house, 20% down payment, nothing more. Used that, paid it back. And now I'm buying a commercial real estate with the same money. Uh, all in thinking like a bank, using the system. And I moved from the coffee into this, mainly because... I was like, oh man, this thing saved my life. This is really helpful. And then I didn't realize that Dave Ramsey loves to hate on it. There's a whole market, Wall Street kind of thing going on. All I knew as a business owner, uh, access to cash is a really important thing. Okay, let's take a step back because you mentioned a lot of great things that I want to unpack. So first and foremost, before going into the world of the coffee, because that is interesting, I do want to talk about that with the, the coffee bar that you have, the coffee shop. Uh, you did mention that, you got into this because you were like, hey, entrepreneurs need money. And you highlighted something very important. If somebody's listening to this mm -hmm. and is dabbling into the idea of becoming an entrepreneur, just like Brandon mentioned, it is hard to get loans. Students get loans like yeah. no tomorrow. But if you have a sound business idea and a plan, banks are not going to give you money. So you have to be at a certain position, either have the cash flow needed to start off or get a, a personal line of credits and so on. Now, one counter to that is this infinite banking. So now let's put a scenario, Brendan. This is going to be my question for you. Somebody starting off new, yep. the business hasn't started or started off and, you know, just getting the ball rolling, not necessarily something very lucrative for a bank to lend uh, additional capital. Can this banking system, infinite banking system do that? Or they're going to be in the same level of like, oh my God, you're still new. So we're not going to lend you that. How does that aspect work? Or is it hundred percent on the person? Cause it's like a life insurance. And what I understand from that life insurance, you're able to pull out the money and put it back when you need. So please uh, clarify that for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really complicated, right? Even getting a mortgage. I remember when I sold my business uh, and I had, 
capital gains, quite a bit of, of money, but it, I didn't show income. So showing income and qualifying for a mortgage is, is really hard or anything when you don't show income, right? And so that's where using the profit first system, making sure you're showing that you're paying yourself is really important because then you can qualify for loans using the bank's money if needed, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell people all the time, don't just like undercut you and say, I'm never going to pay myself, but start building that paying yourself system in place. So that way you can qualify for loans if needed from the bank. But at the same time, start building that savings, right? If you are um, maybe at W2 and doing the side hustle business, right? Start saving, putting it into a policy because you'll you'll be able to qualify for that. And then that's going to be your your maybe jump fund or fund that you can access at a lower rate uh, to start that business, right? So you want to think holistically in a lot of ways and use the tools, right? Because this is just a tool. But how do you use that tool to help you do other things, right? Does that make sense? It does. It does. But keep on going on the aspect of how are people going to get this infant banking opportunity if they're new in entrepreneurship? Do they need to show certain capital, certain uh, benefits or certain, yeah. like you said, like what does that aspect come into play? Or it's easier to get an infant banking because it is on your personal uh, life insurance. How does that aspect work? Yeah. So it is like, again, uh, income, right? So you want to think through income coming in. Uh, I have a client that um, he's working through and, and a lot is not, he's not making a ton, but he no, still needs to save for retirement, right? So I kind of think about it like he still needs to be putting 400, 500, something away in the future, right? For the, the future of whatever, uh, retirement, right? Still think like that. Um, there's a book, uh, Richest Man in Babylon. 10% mm -hmm. of all you earn is for you to keep is what he says. We need to operate in those ways when we run a, a business, when we set up those systems. I just happen to put some of that 10% of all I earn is for me to keep into my life insurance policy. And then I think about it more in this kind of framework. I am taking a loan from me right? Old me is giving current me a loan to advance my business or to take care of high interest credit cards or, or those kind of things. So I'm, I'm wearing different hats depending on that. I am the, both the banker and the borrower almost at the same time. So you want to make sure you're building that. And now that you are loaning towards this life insurance that's infinite banking that is yours like you said you're the loaner and the receiver mm -hmm. uh, in this regards what is the interest is there any interest in that regards or because you're the bank and you're kind of dealing yourself there's no interest yeah. where's the aspect in that yeah so so as you're you want to work with somebody that understands how these policies work it's not every company can do yeah. this right so we work with mutually owned companies that are non-direct recognition and what's cool is the policy will grow uninterrupted, compounding, right? That there's there is something that that happens in business and life and in Wall Street. It's called volatility, right? So people think it's going uninterrupted, compounding. They put it into their 401k and it's uninterrupted. I'm like, uh, no, it is interrupted. Uh, volatility happens, right? Well, here there is there is no volatility. It will 
grow up into the right, right? Because of the dividends and everything else. So that poli- that piece is growing. Your cash value, the value in the policy, it will get better year over year over year. And there's nothing you can do about it. Now on the policy loan, they the reason I said it's a non-direct recognition company is because they I am taking an advance from the policy, right? To buy whatever it is, right? Taking a loan, right? But they are not seeing it as a loan from me. It's from the general fund of the insurance company. The collateral is me. So it's kind of like a HELOC, right? Where I'm able to access it, but my money will grow as if I never touched the money. And it's a 5% simple interest on that loan as I take it. And so I want to like think through like it's it's still 5% interest, simple loan, simple interest loan. Is that monthly but, or yearly the 5%? 5% simple annualized at the year, at okay. the end of the year. Perfect. Right. So if you take $100,000 to buy a property, $5,000 interest, right? Yeah. Uh, I know this because I'm buying a property and using my policy and I calculated that just yeah. the other day. I mean, it's not that hard of math either. Yeah. But um Right. And so I know that's the cost of money. Now, the, the cool thing and why I love this is I said, I'm you are your greatest asset. You, are, you want to ensure the money-making machine in your business, right? Uh, you would insure your cars and all of this. Well, you are the greatest asset, right? You are creating the income. So let's say you took a loan, right? And you say, well, I, I can do it other ways without savings or without, well, let's say I took a loan and I passed away the next day, $20,000 loan, death benefit of, I don't know, 100,000, 100, whatever, or, or I don't know, I'm just making up numbers, 300,000, right? So then they just subtract 20,000 from the death benefit and, and your heirs get 280,000 all the while you are using that to advance your business. Okay. So that's where it's interesting. So a couple of things you mentioned over there, I'll highlight. So imagine, like you said, you had a loan, uh, life insurance, and infinite banking. You pull out $100,000 because you want to do a real estate deal. That's very interesting. First and foremost, what you said is 5% over a year. Just that in itself is very uh, advantageous as a, uh, as a percentage because banks rarely give that or it's tough to get that. So that's one thing. Second thing that you mentioned that's really interesting, yep. that $100,000 that you're pulling out even though you're pulling it out and utilizing it for a physical asset or whatever asset that you're uh, investing in, that in in the policy, it still is like that 100,000 is still there. So if that $100,000 is invested in X, Y, and Z, it is still growing what I understood in the natural way that's supposed to grow. And then after you do your transaction or whatever, you put it back, it just comes back to equal. But it's not like you took out 100,000 from the loan in regards to the compounding effect of it. Am I correct by understanding that? Exactly. Okay, that's exactly. So these are things that are completely amazing, different, right? I'm like, yeah, that's, why, that's, this is what, yeah. why are people doing this? So I, that's this is exactly because when you're explaining like this and you well, you unpack it, this is crazy if you think about it. It's maybe even you think about it like, hey, this is maybe too good to be true. Now, granted, first time I heard this, which was at this point like five plus years ago, I was like, this is good, too good to be true. And now that I'm listening more to people like you that do it on a daily basis, and I know some of my top tier C-suite executive and top tier entrepreneur clients use this on a daily basis, you're like, oh no, this is real, but it's not something that's known about. Now, what we're talking about is 
if you are a new entrepreneur or whatever, you could still get this because this is something that is linked up to your life insurance, not necessarily from your income, even though you still need to show some income. So that's something interesting. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> Brandon over here, this is very cool of a conversation. Let's kind of take a step back to the entrepreneurial side. I do know that before uh, you kind of got out of the, the coffee game, let's call it, you did have a coffee bar that you rolled for about 10 years. Talk to us a bit about that. And you alluded to it as well, that you were doing that. And then once you found infinite banking through what happened with the roof of your house, you decided to go more full-time uh, in that. So talk to us a bit about that entrepreneurial journey and why ultimately you decided to let go of that and go into the infinite banking world. Yeah, uh, well, uh, one of the things was I didn't have control of things. I was a tenant of the um, place, right? And mm-hmm. so year to year lease, they were there's just some changes. Also from a family dynamics, we found out we were expecting a child uh, actually during the flood. We didn't know at the time, but my wife is wading through flood water and we found out a little later she was two months pregnant. We're like, oh, well, that was probably not the wisest thing to be walking through, Um, you know, and that's the thing I learned is as business owners, things happen, right? Life changes, you know, what you thought you were going to do this and, and, and your goals change, right? Well, and also I love doing the coffee shop world. I loved um, what I did, but I, but I could not like I could eat ramen, right? And be okay and run crazy. It's illegal to have a baby behind the bar. You know, that kind of thing is kind of like not healthy. And, and as we were selling, my wife was like, you need to go get a job. And I was like, uh, go get a job. I'm unemployable. I don't think that's going to be possible. So I actually applied to work with my mentor, Mark. And he told me, he's like, yeah, I can't hire you. You're, you're too entrepreneurial. I was like, great. I like what I did. I've given you a lot of clients. Um, you know, I could do this. And, uh, a few months later he comes back and he's like, I have an idea. How about you and your wife do this together? And she's the smart one anyway. So, um, so we just kind of made that transition, but the coffee shop years were like one of those things of, uh, bachelor's in business or a master's Mm -hmm. in business. I learned a whole lot of what to do and what not to do. Uh, there's a book by MJ DeMarco, Millionaire Fastlane. Mm-hmm. And in that book, he says a couple of times, if you want to be a millionaire, don't start a coffee shop. I was like, shit, I should have watched, listened to that uh, ahead of time. Um, right. But I, but I didn't, I, I got into that to make a difference. I wanted to change the world through coffee because coffee is the second most widely traded commodity. Americans, yeah. number one consumer poorest countries, coffee growing countries. I was like, somebody needs to do something about it. That And that was us, right? So that's why we got into it. After 2008, uh, 2011, when we started, we were naive. We thought we could do it easy and, and it would be such an easy thing. We didn't have a rich relative to help us, uh, which is, you know, people think it's easy and all that. I'm like, no, it's not. And I tell every business owner, and, and this is something I think every business owner should write down um, is the three things that I tell every person if they're going into it is know, you know, that you know that you're called to it because it's going to suck sometimes any business. I don't care what business it is. Um, Know that, you know, so that way when the pain hits, you still are are confident going forward. Um, Then 
have a team around you, coaches, mentors, guides, people that care about you, not necessarily your stuff, you know, your, your product, right. But they care about you. Uh, that was super key for us making sure we were still married. Right. Uh, after this and then know your numbers too many business owners. I, t- I swear they, they're like, yeah, I'll just make money and I'll, I'll deal with that later. I'll get a CFO later. I'm like, no, you, you are the CFO right now. Yeah. Uh, so know your numbers and those three things, every business owner should be doing. Every. So I, I love the, the, the latter end of you just highlighted the top three things of what you should be aware of from knowing your numbers, from having proper teams around you, as well as having the coaches, the mentors that could guide you through this. And the fact that you highlighted this, uh, this journey that you went through almost 10 years uh, of the coffee shop was a great school of learning entrepreneurship. And I truly believe in that. I actually, when I was a real estate broker, I did that for five plus years before doing this full-time speaking and coaching uh, gig that I'm doing now and I'm blessed to do. Yeah. I learned so much from the school of how I needed to start my own agency, how I needed to grow it and so on and so forth as a broker. So you're able to transition that. Now, one thing that's really interesting about this, and I do want to geek out, you did mention coffee is the second most uh, traded con- commodity in the world, which is 100% true, as well as one of the most, I think the second, once again, uh, abuse commodity when it comes to caffeine yeah, in right. the world, right? Yeah. So there is that correlation yeah. of how to utilize it and so on and so forth. And I am a obviously high-performing uh, coach, and I talk about the benefits of when to drink coffee and what quantity to drink it as entrepreneurs to utilize it for your advantage. What can you speak to that? Do you know a bit about that world in regards to the consumption of coffee that makes it beneficial for high performers? Yeah, I mean, I know uh, quite a bit about like some of the history of it and and where it almost got banned actually during the prohibition. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on the list to be be like, um, yeah, on the list with cocaine and everything else, uh, which is really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is something that is it can help you focus within moderation. It's like anything, right? I remember uh, when I was during the, those years. I was drinking half cup coffee all day long. I didn't know how much I was drinking to keep going like crazy. Uh, and I remember uh, my uh, had some anxiety. I had a staff problem, fired the staff and everything went back to normal. But my doctor was like, uh, you need to stop drinking coffee. I was like, that's not, that's not possible. Like I, I run a coffee shop, um, but it was more about moderation and, and making sure that it is done in a, in a, really good way and quality coffee. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I drink a cup every day at least, um, but I don't drink crap coffee either. Um, you know, so some of it is, I mean, I know what it, I know some of it's good things. It's also like, you know, going to the gym, right. Doing those healthy habits, you know, it doesn't, you know, if you, if you drink a lot of wine, you're, you're, you might be an alcoholic drinking a glass of wine is, is, Okay, right. Um, yeah, all right. in moderation, hundred percent. Right? All in moderation, yeah. and it makes perfect sense in regards to love the fact that you highlighted that this was something that was potentially looked at as a substance that can be uh, uh, put aside with the prohibition era. And this is something that's very important. Like I said, a lot of entrepreneurs use this, and not only entrepreneurs, but people abuse this. And I'm somebody that truly loves coffee, and this is something recent in my life. I'm going to say the last five plus years because I'm somebody that has 
hyperactivity, I have uh, dyslexia, ADHD. So I'm like, if I take coffee, I'm going to create a black hole in the universe. I already have too much energy. Then I started understanding how to utilize it for my advantage. And what I do and what I teach to my top tier clients is don't drink more than 200 milligrams of coffee a day. So that's about like a cup or so and utilize it not right after you wake up, but maybe two hours to three hours after you wake up. So then you're naturally going to be utilizing it in that lower dip and always before noon, because if you're drinking it afternoon, it is going to affect your sleep cycle because caffeine takes six hours before more than 50% of the caffeine leaves your body. So you have to be very logical about it. So I do understand when your uh, doctors told you, Brandon, Hey, you're drinking a lot, even though you're drinking, you know, small amounts throughout the whole day, it's because your caffeine level was really high throughout the day. So I love the aspect that you spoke about that. And I have to ask you, I'm an espresso guy, like a black espresso small, and the cup has to be really like a, a nice, like thick Italian espresso style. Cause I feel like the cup kind of gives like a, a little approach to it. Kind of like when you're drinking a scotch too, you don't drink it out of a plastic cup. You need to drink it out right. of a nice crystal cup. Yeah. So my question to you, Brandon is what is your favorite way to consume coffee? Are you those like latte mate people? Are you those like, you know, spun, uh, pumpkin spice latte with this, that milk and whatever, what's the way that you consume it? I mean, uh, I am an American uh, so I drink black coffee, like straight every day, like, you know, a cup of black coffee. I, I'm, uh, thinking about like Europe and, and the espresso kind of thing. Uh, that is, that is where that really came from more mm-hmm. the espresso thing. And the reason that we have Americanos, I don't know if you know this, yes, but during, during world war two, world war one, um, they would go, the GIs would go to get a cup of coffee and they would just put water and put espresso in it and call it Americano. Uh, and it was watered down espresso basically. And that's what Americans love is watered down crap. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm like, all right, that that's basically, it was a derogatory term and it became cool to be, I want an Americano, but it's, it's really not to concentrate that it should be. So yeah. I love a good espresso as long as it's a good espresso. Like, yes. you know, if you pull horrible shots, like that's that's a different thing. So I 100% agree and with it, that. Sorry, go for it. It's, oh, and it's it's all of this is correlated to money. I, I think in systems, it's all the same kind of things and, and routines, right? 100%. Um, anyway. and- yeah, no, I truly agree with you. Like, uh, like I said, I'm an espresso fan. And if you do want like the Americanized version, like you said, the second world war is when it got really uh, predominant, uh, the Americano, they added water to the espresso. Uh, I just came uh, from overseas giving a keynote presentation uh, overseas. And I spent some time in, in France and just drinking that espresso is very much in the culture of the European aspect of it. Yeah. So it, it is enjoyable. But like you said, the quality plays oh, a role so in the barista. History the barista plays a role too. You know, you have to know how to make it. It has to be the proper grain. So you have to find your coffee shops. But yeah, I, I, we could geek out about coffee until tomorrow morning. Uh, Brandon, I, I do want to be respectful for your time over here. I have a couple last questions here. My next one is, so it's, it's obvious that you're a successful entrepreneur. You've built a business in the coffee game. You moved out of it, building a business right now with your uh, wife in regards to uh, the infinite banking world. And we learn so much from people's successes, right? That's completely normal. But we also learn 
from your own mistakes and other people's mistakes, right? Or difficulties. So my question yeah. to you right now is yeah. what are something or a couple of things within your business right now that is challenging to you or some players that you need to optimize or you're having a difficulty with? So what is that thing? And what do you go about or how do you look at it to improve upon that thing that you're having a hard time with? Yeah, I I think about this a lot in in the stage of my business. My business is four years old. We're we're working on a rebrand, right? Changing our name. We didn't know the things that we knew uh, when we started, right? And so mm-hmm. we had certain things, and 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 we we chose our business name uh, currently, Grandma's Wealth Wisdom, because we were like, we're not that confident. We don't know what we're talking about. Uh, let's create this. And, and, um, what we learned is no, we are pretty good. We are awesome at what we're doing. And so we're rebranding to wealth wisdom FP, um, uh, which is still similar, but, uh, financial professionals or, or partners, but wealth wisdom FP is our new site that's coming soon. Uh, and what I learned is when you start a business and th- this is that entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs kind of thing, there's entrepreneurs that want to talk about being a business owner. And then there's the real entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oftentimes as entrepreneurs, we compare ourselves to 20 years, a business that's 20 years old. And we say, well, I want to be like that. Well, they had a a cycle, right? They, they grew into it. And I look at running a business as, as like a child, right? First couple of years, literally, you're wiping, wiping butts. You're doing all kinds of crazy stuff that you're like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to end? And then you build the team around you that you you start figuring out, okay, I don't like this. This is good. Um, I know what my unique superpower is. But the problem is you can't just get into your unique superpower when you start. You got to do all the crap work, right? Or, or the work, not crap work, work that you don't like, right? That's not your skill set. So learning those things and screwing up a lot uh, is, is important. Um, but then, uh, my staff has told me many times, um, you know, when you're building an apple, when you're creating an apple pie, if you put paprika in it, you will screw up the recipe. Right. Right. That's, that's true. Right. And anything mm-hmm. like you, you put certain into it. Well, this is what I know is my, um, challenge as an entrepreneur is I like to put paprika and stuff because I'm uh, one of those guys. Right. Um, and my staff says, stop, here's the system. Here's what we built. Stay in the guidelines, which is really hard as a business owner and entrepreneur, but the guidelines are meant to help us go further. Um, so those are little things that I know you you need to just color outside the lines. But as you build the team and as you grow, you, those are so important to have. So essentially the thing that you're having a challenge with is grabbing that paprika when the systems and process are in place and trusting it. So one thing that makes sense. Absolutely. I have trust issues for sure. Okay. So that's, (laughs) that's where it comes down to, like you said, the delegating aspect, the trusting, like, Hey, they they could do it. I hired these people for a reason. So let's trust them. And they're always checking Mm -hmm. in that regards. And I love the fact that you alluded to the, the, the business being, uh, an adult, not an adult, but like a, from a infancy to teenager to adult. Cause that's somewhere I look at it as well. In the beginning, you're an infant, you're figuring it out. Like you said, you're wiping butts, like not doing all the fun stuff, 
Then you start succeeding, but you're still in an awkward stage, right? You're growing, you're hiring people, which is a teenager years. Like your business is going good, but you're spending a lot too, because you're putting those systems and processes. And then finally, when you get to that maturity, that's when you could really take it to that next level. But this takes years. People don't understand that. Like you said, when you were alluding to before, like, Hey, you know what? Uh, Coffee, coffee is a very uh, lucrative business model. There's a lot of opportunities. A lot is getting built. And like, I want to be that guy. But then if you're looking at Starbucks that are already there, you're like, hey, we could just do the same thing. Wait a minute. Starbucks went through the process of getting where they're getting to before right now being an adult business and still growing. So I love that you uh, did that approach. Uh, Brendan, my, my last question for you over here is, where can people get in touch with you? So if they're interested in infinite banking to get to know you more in that regards, where's the best place to do that? And how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, we have a, a download that I would love everybody to download if they like. It's called the Still Method, stillmethod.com. And that means setting your sites, tracking your in and out, inspecting your progress, looking for 1% adjustments and live deliberately. That is our still method, and it's the inverse of chaos, which is confusing, haphazard, anxious, overwhelming, and stressful. I could talk forever about the still method, but it's really when you set your sights, when you figure those things out, you know you're a baby. How do you grow into a good good four-year-old uh, as a business? Those things help. So uh, go download the still method playbook. There will be a book soon. Uh, we just... It's all in in our head right now, but it will come out soon. So be looking for that and go to Wealth Wisdom FP. That's going to be our new website uh, dot com and look for me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. My wife and I do a lot of talking and sharing. Um, It's, you know, we, we are, I don't know if you'd say combative, but we're unconventional in the wisdom. Actually, maybe we are more wise because of it, but you know, we're not going to tell you go invest in this stock and that stock. I will probably say it depends a lot of times. Uh, and so go wealthwisdom.wealthwisdomfp uh, on YouTube podcast and download the stone method. And of course, if you want to talk to me, uh, find me in any of those places and schedule a call. Brandon, that is amazing. Thank you very much for your time and your wisdom in regards to everything with entrepreneurship and bank, uh, infinite banking. Everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below. So great to have you on the show and speak to you or see you guys next time. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. 
You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.